0: Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Joining us is A.J. Kaufman, who is now the managing editor of the Tri-City Business, uh, Tri-Cities Business Journal, uh, fellow managing editor, uh, A.J. Kaufman. Welcome back. Good to be here Ed, it's been a while and I'm uh, looking forward to catching up. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to catching up. It's uh, some grave days out here, man. I mean, you and I have been writing about uh, what's been happening in the world and what's been happening in America in regard to, um, you know, just rampant anti-Semitism and all sorts of different things, talk about what's going on in the war. Um, you also have uh, a couple of um, essays up, one over at lidblog.com, the other one over at uh, Israel National News, also known as Arut Shavah, uh contrasting peaceful rallies versus violent rallies and talking about the, the, influ- the influence that TikTok is having on america especially in this um, wave of uh really mainstreamed anti-semitism now. i mean i don't think you can describe it any other way this is no longer on the fringe this is on the streets and it's
1: mainstreamed and on the left mainstream yeah um i would we can discuss my articles we can discuss what happened um over the weekend last night what's been happening for the past 24 30 50 58 59 days since the <laughs> you, uh, unprovoked uh Pogrom, Holocaust, terror attack by Hamas on, on innocent Israelis, Jews, and others. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would refer people, by the way, Mike Gallagher, congressman from Wisconsin, has done a great job on uh, TikTok in China. He's leading that committee on that. And it's one thing to have China running this, this network, um, but to have them influencing um, propaganda, anti-American, anti-Semitic propaganda for so long, um, China's never been a friend of Israel. Um, they've long encouraged anti-Semitism with their state-run media. They've said that Jews control the economy and foreign policy. In any event, my article at a Lidblog. Gallagher's done some good work on that. He's been on podcasts, um, and that's really unfortunate. And that's why we see so many people under, I was going to say under 25, under 30. It may even be under 40 by this point, <laughs> people born after 1980 who are anti-Israel, um ordinary normal middle class people that might live next door to you not not, you know not just people around the globe um or people that are activists so that is a problem um that information being put out there and as far as the rallies go um i don't it's hard to call them rallies what we've seen lately they are they are riots some of them are riots um many of them are um you know violent uh the the juxtaposition or analogy or you know co- you know comparison i made was the three hundred thousand people that could stood in from all walks of life in solidarity with israel in washington dc on the 14th of november about three weeks ago it was peaceful it was bipartisan which you don't see very often True. as far as i know there was no damage no security issues um they spoke about peace and they asked to have their hostages returned and you know some of them have come back and, and now we're at a unfortunately a a pause in the hostage releasing not a pause in the war but um these people came together in a different way than you see at the pro-palestinian pro-hamas riots around the country and the globe which so often involve calls for genocide um, assaults of people and police officers harassing of holiday shoppers that we saw over thanksgiving and again last weekend desecration of property and just you know, more recently, just calling for a globalization of the Intifada. And and that's where I'll leave my long-winded opening statement out, because I've written about it, and you wrote about it this morning. And what we saw just about 12 hours ago in Philadelphia was, you know, an explicit effort to target a Jewish-owned, uh, not an Israeli-owned, but a Jewish-owned business, although he had Israeli roots, um, in Philadelphia. It was a rally of intimidation. It was not a protest. In the city of brotherly love by the Brotherly way hate, i believe we're not it's, it,
0: right? it's, it's, yeah i mean i it's uh what would that uh philophobia maybe is what we should
1: call <laughs> it <this. laughs> <laughs> i don't um, know how
0: to spell it <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i i i am i am only making that as as an ironic um observation on this happening in philadelphia because it's not just philadelphia I mean, the problem with this is that if it was just Philadelphia, we'd say, "Well, what the hell's wrong with Philadelphia?" But it's not. These are it's, and, and and I would argue that this is beyond TikTok. That this is something that academia has been fomenting for decades um, through the, you know, absurd um, narratives of supposed decolonization and uh, hatred of the West. Um, yes. That this is something that has been going on. Uh, for a very long time, well before TikTok came on the scene. And that's the reason why we started seeing it erupt first at college campuses and in towns where you had, you know, these Ivy League, you know, Ivy League institutions. Um, you know, Columbia University, I don't know if you saw this, somebody, I think Chris Cuomo actually is the person who who put this out, um, highlighted this um, poster of a rally at Columbia University, right? This is New York City, Columbia University. Uh, it's one of the, I believe it's considered an Ivy League school. It is, uh, it is, absolutely. And, um, and it's also a big journalism school, not coincidentally, I would, I would argue.
1: Not where, at all coincidentally. Not <laughs> at all
0: coincidentally, where you have a rally and it's about supporting the Palestinian counteroffensive of October 7th. Counteroffensive. <laughs> How, what do they count? Never mind. <laughs> no, I mean this is, and this is, I mean this is sort of my point, right? Is that, is that it's they have adopted Hamas and the Palestinians as decolonizers on the left, even though the Jews were the original inhabitants of this land, right? And uh,
1: and, and have been there continuously over thousands of years. And I believe they were there 2023 years ago when a certain person that we're going to celebrate in three weeks was born. Right? I saw that. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm Jewish, but I, I know that. Yeah,
0: we're celebrating we're celebrating the the uh, the birth of a Jew in Nazareth 2023 years ago. But yes, the mm-hmm. Jews only showed up in Palestine in 1947. I saw somebody yeah. tweet that out, and I I, I mean, I it's really didn't. Simple simple
1: concept that is like lost on people. Was he the only? Jew? Maybe he was the only Jew there. Maybe he was the only.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and they are arguing that Jesus was a Palestinian. It's like, no, he, oh, yeah. was, he was a refugee.
1: refugee. Yeah.
0: He was a, well a refugee. Yes, because they fled no. into Egypt. Palestinian I mean, refugee. I will grant that, but he was a Hebrew refugee. Out by the settler colonialist, colonialist Jews. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean. I mean. This is all sorts of absurd. You can only get this stupid in academia. Is is well, why I would say you can
1: only get this stupid. I hate to say it this way. You can only get this stupid in Ivy League and elite academia. Because I think if you walked over to your local college campus or mine, we both live in semi-rural areas. Um, I don't think I know you're not going to find that. I've been on the campuses during my work for the Business Journal all around this region in Appalachia. Not happening. Not one protest against Israel. But as far as I can know, between Nashville and Washington D.C., that's like an 800-mile radius of. East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, not happening. It's only happening in Boston, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, L.A., San Francisco, and so on and so forth at the yeah. elite college level.
0: Well, I mean, it's not just at the elite college level. I mean,
1: UCLA—they had a mark, and this was earlier. You know, elite to some degree. UCLA, Berkeley. You know, it's a it's a state run college, right? I mean, top fifty type schools. You're not going to have it at the average community college or local no. Christian school. That's what I mean. You know.
0: No, I, you know, and I don't know how safe that actually is, but it certainly seems to be a lot safer for for Jewish students than um, than the Ivy leagues are. I mean, and this is part of the thing that I was arguing today is that we can talk about how stupid academia is until the cows come home. And it's, it's true across a whole wide range of things, but this is different. This is not just stupidity. It's hatred and it's hatred in action. Yes. Because the point of all of this, and this is the reason why, I don't normally like to draw parallels to the Nazis because you know it's usually that's when the argument you, gets, did, you did this morning, Ed did though, <laughs> and I didn't. There's a reason why Kristallnacht was was part of an effort to drive Jews out of public life, and what we saw in Philadelphia and what we've been seeing on college campuses, where they're chasing down Jewish students or attacking Jewish students, is exactly the same thing. It may not be the same degree, and it may not have the same state-based support that it had in 1933 and 1938 in Germany, but it's the same thing. And the state-based authorities are not doing anything at right. all uh, to, to prevent it or to, or to punish people for
1: it. Was there any police presence last night in Philadelphia at the, at the, when they were harassing this, this owner of a, of a, an excellent middle Eastern restaurant uh, who was of Jewish descent. I mean, they were just basically you know, the guy, as far as I remember, he, made a state- he had a statement after October 7th, where he basically said, it's not an attack on just Israel, but all Jewish people. You know, Hamas is an enemy of, and he listed like LGBTQ, atheists, people of color, anyone who's not part of their extremist ideology. And right. all he said was that he denounced Hamas, not the Palestinians, he denounced Hamas and said he supports Israel. And yet this guy running a restaurant who's just denouncing Hamas is now hated and targeted in a Kristallnacht-esque Fashion by these protesters. I I can't keep calling them protesters, but hooligans, whatever. Moms. Who are objectively pro Hamas? They are not. They never criticize Hamas. They criticize they're, the falafel making guy in Philadelphia, who was a war criminal in their mind, apparently, but not Hamas for making falafel. Yeah, I mean, right. You have, I
0: mean, in New York City, right? And this, I mean, this is part of the stuff that I wrote about today. New York City had people marching saying that they they're demanding an intifada revolution. Well, the intifada was the targeting of Jews by
1: terrorists. Oh. Yes, it's right. They're, I mean, they're, they're calling for a jihad against Jewish civilians. The Intifada is is what it is. I mean, it's 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 not a protest anymore. It, they're looking for ways to destroy Judaism and Israel, and anything that stands in their way. It's happened all across the world: Toronto, London, New York City, Sydney, wherever. Far broader than just Israel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Far broader than just Israel, and and uh, I mean, this is. It is Again, it's a mainstream sort of thing. And it's being mainstream because the authorities aren't doing any, you know, the authorities, right. the academic institutions aren't doing anything to uh, to correct against or even to really push back against it. Um, and the authorities in the streets aren't doing anything, you know, in, in, in the, you know, in the um, civic sense, the, author- the civic authorities aren't doing anything to protect uh, guys like you know the owner of Goldie's and 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 the restaurant from from a mob attack, which is exactly what it was. And look, I mean, even if they didn't break any class, how how anxious do you think people are going to be to go over to Goldie's for lunch? Right, worry that they're going to get caught up in the next one of these things. And that's part of what the intent here is: is it's to intimidate Correct. people and it's it's to drive people out of business, to drive Jews out of public life. And right. and that's the, that's where the analogy comes into play, like yeah. you said. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm very mindful of Godwin's law when I'm arguing things. Uh-huh. That, you know, usually if you've, if you've, if you've, you know, equated something to the Nazis, you're, you're probably lost the argument.
1: <laughs> you know, but, but, you're, quite, you're right though, about, about the cities. I think it's important to know that this would not happen for many reasons in uh, Mountain City, Tennessee, or San Angelo, Texas, or Casper, Wyoming. Now, Philadelphia apparently does not, they stand against all sorts of hate, you always hear, but not against this kind of harassment and hate. Again, I don't think anyone was arrested, yet again. There was no discernible police evidence in the videos I saw. There was no one keeping the mob back from the restaurant or making sure whatever customers were there or employees had ingress and egress. So they just, these people that were at this event last night, again, I I use the wrong words, event, at this mob rally, they hate Jews. They're looking for an excuse to be bullies and bullies Jews out of public life. And do not let anyone tell you they were chanting for peace or anything but an intifada, which, as you noted, is a violent uprising, and specifically a violent uprising of opposition by the Palestinians against Israel and Israelis. So that's what was happening Sunday night in Philadelphia. And at University of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, not far away from where this restaurant was, by the way. Right. Two, Two different ones. I mean, if you want to have a pro-Hamas rally and do it the way
0: that the um, March for Pro-Hamas. Israel was conducted, I have no problem with that. I mean, I certainly have a problem with the message, and I think you're an idiot if you're pro-Hamas um, or
1: worse than an idiot. Um, I mean, a clan rally, basically. At this point, by the way, these rallies are—I mean, everyone hates down. the clan. Apparently, is this different than a clan rally of intimidation with people wearing masks and lighting
0: things on fire? Yeah. It's tell so me bad. what's different between this and Charlottesville, except for the lack of tiki torches,
1: because it's the same damn thing. <laughs> no, no. Right. And and that brings us to Joe Biden somehow yes. because didn't Joe Biden launched his campaign on Charlottesville. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm thinking and I, and I denounced Charlottesville. I said there were bad people. on I think Trump was wrong. There weren't good people on both sides. There were bad people on both sides. You had Antifa against the the Klanman Nazi type. So there were bad people on both sides. But anyway, Biden. And I thought of this this morning and I read something about it, too. You know, Biden is from Scranton. I, I believe we've been told that a few times. Um <laughs> I think he he's been to Philadelphia eleven times in his in his presidency or 10. 11 will be um, uh, this week or next week. I read. Uh, he thinks of himself as an honorary Philadelphian. Uh, he talks about himself, you know, being culturally Jewish. He said something along the lines of, "You might say I was raised in a synagogue in, in my state." He said, you know, at a Rosh Hashanah dinner earlier this year. Well, here we have Philadelphia Jews, his fellow, his fellow, you know, Philadelphians, his fellow Jews. Let's just say. They experienced something pretty frightening last night on top of what's been going on for the past two months around the country and around the world. And you might think that Uncle Joe, whether he was asleep or not, might have had someone there on his Twitter account or Instagram or whatever that would mention that they condemn what happened in Philadelphia. I just it's amazing. He might be angry about it. He might hold a press conference. Um, I don't like doing what aboutism, but what about if this were the opposite? Not going to say what I mean by that, but what if this were an attack on a different kind of business by a different kind of people? In right. Philadelphia. yeah you, it would be it would be a nuclear meltdown
0: uh in the media over it they would have
1: flown kamala back from dubai i mean you know
0: yeah well, you know and, and josh shapiro i'll give josh shapiro credit the governor yeah. of pennsylvania yeah. uh i'll give him credit for for saying something last night about this and and making it clear what the nature of this was but where was he i mean I get that he doesn't have authority over Philadelphia's city police, but he certainly could have had the state police uh, involved in that. I'm not sure what the structure is for uh, for Pennsylvania State Police, but I know they got one. And I know that they're around that area and they could have been sent in there. Did he even call uh, Mayor Jim Kenney and asked to have some sort of response? I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. I haven't heard that there jim was any may have
1: rejected it jim kenny's pretty bad as far as i remember reading yeah <laughs> yeah well i
0: mean he's the mayor of philadelphia i mean how good yeah. can it get actually yeah
1: he's down there in the brandon johnson levels
0: oh is it that bad okay well then there you go but you know it's one thing to tweet out that this is awful but when you're the governor of the state in which it's happening there's you know you have some you have he's some also jewish, jewish. ed he is. He is. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's double reason, I would think. And he's actually a pretty smart guy. You know, I is. You know, we talked about Josh Shapiro a little bit in the, in the last election, or I think it was maybe just after the last election. And I said, you know, there were four candidates at the top of the uh, Pennsylvania state ballot, and only one of them was worth a damn. And it was, and it was the Democrat. It was Josh Shapiro. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's—I don't agree with his policies. You know, probably don't agree with a, I, I mean, I probably don't agree with a lot of his policies. But he's a smart guy. He was AG for a
1: while and did a good job as AG. Hey, but um, real quick, because you're talking about Pennsylvania, I, I just—I'm—I'm I'm a fair person. I have to say, you mentioned those four people. John Fetterman has been great on Israel.
0: I—I I, I mean, I'm glad you brought <laughs> it.
1: That's all I'll say. He, he actually has been a—a a stud <laughs> on this. Yeah, I mean, he's been out there supporting them and go pushing back against the far left anti-israel people so again we probably disagree with john fetterman 94 percent of the issues but because i believe we should be fair john fetterman has been up there at the top of the list when it comes to this last two months
0: and i'm glad you brought it up because i mean this is a guy who is who got elected because he was supposedly salted the earth in, in in pennsylvania right and he was up against you know a, a snake oil salesman and ended up winning pretty easily um uh, in the last election and he's a he's a progressive i mean he's not a moderate democrat he beat a moderate democrat to the nomination uh right as he was having his uh, unfortunately having a stroke and um i can't think of the guy who was a former congressman um who is the uh moderate in that in McCormick, that mccormick
1: mccormick no no, oh, no, he, no i'm sorry connor lamb connor lamb
0: connor lamb connor lamb yeah. he beat a moderate by emphasizing his progressive credentials right and it worked Um, so I was surprised. I, I mean, I honestly thought I get, we'd be hearing a lot of, well, there's, you know, there's good people on both sides type of crap, which you're hearing from like Bernie Sanders and, and, and the rest. Um, but he, but he hasn't been. And I, I still think Pennsylvania would be better off with a Republican Senator. I think that they would have been better off with a Senator who hasn't had a stroke. But I got to give Fetterman credit that at least he sticks to his guns and there isn't any equivocating when um, when it comes to his principles. And that's not a common thing in politics. And it is good to see. And it should be it should be um, at least noted when it takes place. So you're absolutely right. Um, But to get back to this, I mean, you know, I was drawing I was drawing a parallel. To this and the riots of twenty twenty and you know the autonomous zones, what we 're seeing here is really a breakdown of civil order that has been long coming it didn 't just start on october seventh what 's happening though is that it keeps escalating and it 's not getting a response and that to me is very, very dangerous it 's going to incentivize other groups to do the same, including some that might be in opposition to what 's going on here and you 're going to end up with battles in the streets if we, if if we don't start imposing civic order again and and the rule of law and that's what i'm concerned about is that we're gonna say, we're gonna start drawing even more parallels to 1930s germany or maybe maybe even weimar germany you know previous to 1933 it's it's it, it may get very ugly here
1: it, yeah, I mean these are and these were all in you know with, there might be an exception or two. I mean the mayor of Miami or Dallas I think is a Republican, but generally speaking, these are all solely Democrat-run cities. I mean Brandon Johnson can blame right-wing extremists for whatever he wants, but people at Chicago hasn't elected a Republican in generations. And in reality, um, you have left on left in some ways. I mean look at Chuck Schumer's speech last week, which I thought was mostly good. There there were some weird parallels he made cuz he's Chuck Schumer but he seemed genuinely surprised i think naively but genuinely surprised at the uh, fact that his left-wing allies you know who marched with him at the anti-Trump and the uh, pro-abortion and the anti-war and pro-BLM rallies over the years are now turning on him and uh are turning on Israel and turning on i guess what i'd call the not moderate democrats i think when it comes to democrats and support for Israel and i'm thinking of writing my next column on this the dividing line is age It really is age. Um, Take away Bernie Sanders and a few others. Democrats over about age 50, and and this reflected in the polls, and I know you're a data guy, um, and I don't have them in front of me, but I've read them and I'm tabulating them for an article. The polls show that most Democrats do support Israel if the Democrats are over 50 or 55. And if they're under 50 and certainly under 40 or 35, they don't. And that is coming back to education, academia, TikTok, whatever it might be. And people in the streets that you see, uh, just judging by what I've seen, I I saw a few in person when I was up in the Northeast back in late October, but in general, people you see in the streets are not over 50. There's a few, a few old hippies at NYU and things like that, but generally they're under 50, under 35 probably, and there's the dividing line, and that's why they're spray painting the White House with Genocide Joe. I mean, this is amazing that Joe Biden, who's so worried about the the Arab vote or the anti-Israel vote. He's not going to appease these people. They're part of a, a cult. We've talked about cults before. Yep. Um, they're, 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 they're not, they're not, um, they're not good people obviously, but Joe Biden is, is, is anti-Israel if he has someone on the right and he's too pro-Israel if he has someone on the, on the left. So it's, it's interesting and it's not good for the country. And I'd also just say that, and this is related to it, there's a turning point I think over the weekend, I, I know we overrate these turning points, but I, I feel like the masks and we talked about the masks being on because they literally were on, but they're also coming off. I think these, these riots, these urban riots really now are openly supporting Hamas. There's, there's no cover. Now you're either with Israel or you're with Hamas. Uh, The ceasefire gambit was a naive distraction propaganda, really that's over with now. So Bernie and Chris Murphy and Dick Durbin and many house members cannot hide behind. We want a ceasefire or a pause. Now we're back to war and you pick a side and I'd call it good versus evil. I think that'd be accurate. well, yeah, if if the Biden
0: administration would get around to picking his side. The problem is that they're not. You know, they're 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 trying to pussy put if you around. You ask the anti-Israel
1: crowd, they think Biden's the biggest Zionist of all time.
0: Well, that's because they're idiots. <laughs> they want they want they want and I think Kamala Harris wants Biden to say, "Okay, we're we're just going to cut Israel loose. We're not going to supply them with material. We're not going to we're not going to um defend them in the UN unless they're willing to um withdraw and and allow Hamas to regroup and reform. Um, that's what they want. That's what the that's what the progressive left wants. And um, and it's interesting too because that would uh, that would entail having to come to grips with certain contradictions. And uh, did you see the
1: Dana Bash interview of uh, Pramila Jayapal? Oh yes, it was just wonderful. I, I just Pramila Jayapal is everything that's rosy and flowery and wonderful about America and Seattle. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> inviting her over for Hanukkah dinner later this week
0: oh there you go there you go uh you know uh, it's one person to be around I'm sure she'd be great at a seder um <laughs> <laughs> go ahead tell me
1: though, tell me I mean yes I saw it but for our, for our viewers and listeners
0: yes. for our viewers <laughs> I, and they've probably seen this because we've covered it um you know Karen wrote about it today at, at hot air and um you know Dana Bash was um Dana Bash excuse me was um was grilling Jayapal and the fact that Hamas has basically gone on this rampage of rape um Barack Ravid while we've been talking here and again we recorded this we recorded this at Monday about midday um Barack Ravid now at Axios is reporting that the State Department is now or his sources at the State Department are now telling him that the reason why Hamas didn't want to um Release the other uh, female hostages is because uh, they would have talked about what the, the treatment that they're getting, which tells me that they may not live very much longer if if, if they're even still alive. Um, I, I guess it wasn't a source; it was actually the um, spokesman Matthew Miller said that publicly. Um, and you're starting to hear some of the stories of what happened in captivity to the to the female hostages, and it's one of the reasons why the Israelis were insistent that they get the females out first. But I mean, this is, you know, we've been hearing nothing about uh, nothing from the left except about violence against women and how that's awful and the patriarchy and blah, 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 blah. And here you've got a patriarchy. I mean, very clearly a patriarchy you telling, think. telling their their their, their terrorist mm-hmm. um, operatives to go out and, and and rape on an industrial scale to humiliate the mm-hmm. enemy, mm-hmm. because that's the way that they conceive it in their own religious cult. Um, And all these people are, well, Jayapal's like, well, okay, yeah, well, you know, rape happens. Yeah, both sides. Rape happens, war, in denibash goes, the IDF isn't raping women. Well, you
1: know, but it's... it's, So so here's the question. Here's here's the question, and this has been going on for since 9-11. There are books written in 2002 on Holy Alliance about the the secular left and the radical right-wing religious zealots of Islamism. Um, Yep. Question is, is it intersectionality? Is it purely intersectionality? That's why gay groups who would live freely and prosper in Israel and would be for the most part beheaded and not allowed to live in most of these Arab countries, especially Gaza, Iran, and wherever, why are they allied together? It's it's is it the intersectionality, the oppressor versus oppressed? Is it racial? And of course it is in some ways. I mean, Pramila Jayapal believed Christine Blase Ford, obviously, as did every other Democrat in America, and yet she and Plenty of other congresswomen, pseudo feminists, do not believe, or at least are skeptical or ignore what Israeli women or just the media is telling us about what Hamas does to women, what they do to everybody. So it's it's unbelievably hypocritical. I mean, but it's I mean not even a strong enough word. I mean, yeah. I mean, just to,
0: just to emphasize the point. Now, this is not an original thought to me. I saw this on Twitter and I thought it was a pretty good point to make. Is that you? And it wasn't. They didn't use Blasi Ford as the as the. Oh no, I take it back. They did because it was. Uh, I know who it was. Now it was Mark Judge that made this argument on Twitter today. He said, you know, Christine Blasey Ford said that, you know, she'd been assaulted at some party at some unknown date, you know, and some unknown circumstances that she couldn't recall, but she was sure that Brett Kavanaugh was the guy who did it, et cetera. And everybody was like, well, you have to believe her. Cause she's, that's her, you know, she's testifying to it. So you have to believe her. You have a picture at the same time, you have pictures of women being hauled off by Hamas who's um, who's, trousers are soaked in blood, which is clearly some sort of sexual assault, Had a, a, a extremely violent sexual assault had taken place. It was, well, you can't, you, you, you know, you, you can't judge that. You know, you, you don't know what the circumstances of that were. Maybe they just sat on
1: some blood. <laughs> so you've got to be freaking kidding. It's, it's political. Oh, it's political. I mean, Blasey Ford, they had a woman there who was going to potentially stop a somewhat conservative Supreme Court justice nominated by Donald Trump. in this case, you have Hamas, which is not a left wing organization, Hamas, but they are supported by the Western left and Israel, which is not a left, which is not a right wing country, in my opinion. It's a very liberal country in many ways, supported by almost every Republican around and a decent amount of Democrats. Almost every Republican except for Thomas Massey. And I don't even want to get over that.
0: Yeah, we'll skip Thomas Massey thing. I'm just going to finish this, finish up on this thought, and I, I, yes, I do want to get your reaction to this because you were saying, you know, what this is about. I'll tell you why this is happening is because the the American left. I'm not talking about liberals. You know, I'm like Dennis Prager. I distinguish between liberals and the American yes. left. Now, I don't yes. agree with 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 you know uh, quite a few liberal positions, but liberals have an ethos, right, and it's about focusing on improving society. I don't necessarily share their viewpoints on that, but they're, you know, it, it's separate from what we're seeing progressive left. The progressive left isn't interested in justice in the usual sense. What they're interested in is uh, destroying Western civilization. They hate Western civilization. They hate that they're part of Western civilization. They want it dismantled because they want it replaced with... The socialist utopia to to follow, and so there's no contradiction for them. Queers for Palestine is not a contradiction.
1: <laughs> right. right, it's yeah. just it's just the word progressive is is obfuscated because there's nothing, nothing progressive unless you're talking about progress oh, yeah. toward tyranny or progress toward socialism. That's why I would say this, the left. I would just call it the yeah. left. And liberals, I, gen, classical liberalism, I have no problem with it because classical liberalism supports Israel, supports free markets, supports democracy, things of that nature, which you and I and most Republicans support. Well, and
0: it's also based on you know, Western values. Yes. Uh, and, and this is part of the reason why I say that this, this problem existed long before TikTok, AJ, is that the universities in this country and in other Western countries have been trying to dismantle Western civilization for decades. They stopped teaching it. They stopped teaching classical education, which informed people of the values of uh, Western civilization, as well as, you know, the, the, the things that it got wrong. Um, they just want it destroyed. And that's that's their mission. It is an indoctrination into a anti-Western cult. Uh, and uh, except for maybe staying in a few of the other
1: professions, that's what universities do these days. That's where, And that's where the, I, I believe the hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go expression originated, I believe, at the university in the, someone can correct me, 60s or 70s. It wasn't as late as the 80s. I know they was chanted by Jesse Jackson and some people, but uh, regardless, that, that's where it, and it, it began. That was the genesis of it. And that backs up your point. And this is the result. This
0: is the result. Nice. And it's... Yeah, AJ, we got to let it go at that. Um, but it's always great talking with you. Why don't you remind people where where they can find your work, all the different places they can find your work. And again, congratulations on uh, your your gig as managing
1: editor of the Tri-Cities Business Journal. That's pretty awesome. Thanks, Ed. The, the Tri-Cities Business Journal is Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. And the website is bjournal.com, B is in Bravo, journal.com. And that's my baby right now. I'm, I'm running it uh, pretty much on my own, you could almost say, with a few other people helping me out. Uh, and then, of course, lidblog.com every week, usually Wednesday or Thursday is the column. Israel National News picks up most of them, especially if they're dealing with foreign policy and, and Israel, and they are usually posting them within 24 hours of when they go up on Lidblog. Well, there you go. That's where you can find AJ. AJ, great talking
0: to you again. We'll do this again sometime soon. Thank you, Ed. Yep.